You've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast and wherever you are in the world from Gaborone, Georgetown to Guatemala City, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe and I'm the Lonely Diplomat. I work to reconnect diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to themselves and to the world around them. I do this through my website, thelonelydiplomat.com. And on that website, you'll find my blog, this podcast, information about the coaching services that I provide to diplomats and those living the diplomatic life, seminars that I provide for our employing agencies, and webinars that I can provide for you on specific topics uh, of interest and that affect how we live our diplomatic life. Make sure that you subscribe to The Lonely Diplomat at thelonelydiplomat.com so you can get discounts on my coaching services and webinars and you don't miss any blog or podcast episode in the future. I want to express my profound thanks to those of you who have made a financial contribution. Please, if you would like to make a contribution either monthly or as a one-off, please go to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support. In this, the 14th episode of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, I'm talking about loneliness. And it's really interesting because as the Lonely Diplomat, I think and write and speak about my loneliness and how loneliness can affect diplomats and those living the diplomatic life all the time. And the big clue is in the name that I've given my work, right? The Lonely Diplomat. It could have gone many different directions, but I see that so many of us are struggling with issues around loneliness, but perhaps we don't know it. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on in this episode, is giving you something to think about, about your loneliness and about loneliness. One of the things that I've noticed and I've written a few posts on loneliness and published a few posts uh, on loneliness. And the metrics that I can see either through social media or um, through that the host of my website provides gives me some pause for thought because I've noticed that posts relating expressly to loneliness don't rate well. And that's got me thinking. I wonder about loneliness and I read in the media and the research that I do on loneliness suggests that, or not even suggests, points to a global epidemic where, curiously, we've never been so connected to each other, to our work, but we have never before professed such levels of social isolation, which is code for loneliness. And I wonder why we diplomats, particularly we diplomats, can feel so reluctant to engage with loneliness as a topic. And it is what it is. I'm not saying it's one thing or another, but I just wonder why. I wonder why, and and I I continue to try and and find ways of breaking through whatever stigma we as a global group of diplomats and those living the diplomatic life have around loneliness. 
And I just wondered, is it fear? Is it worrying that, you know, by engaging on the topic that we somehow contract the disease of loneliness ourselves? Is it somehow that, you know, if we do engage on the topic or we find ourselves going, yeah, you know, what, what Phil's writing and what he's saying, you know, really resonates with me. Is the fear then that, you know, by, by agreeing or saying that something resonates, that that somehow makes you a failed person, failed person socially? I just wonder. I really do wonder. And over the course of that wondering, those musings, um, I have thought about a different way to engage with the topic of loneliness. And I want to do that now with you. So I'm going to ask you two questions. Do you feel or have you ever felt lonely? That's the first question. And some of you may have gone, yeah, Phil, I do. I, I, I have. I have. You know, truth be told, I, I have felt a bit lonely. A bit. But I could put that qualifier on there just a bit. And some of you would have gone, nah, nah, don't feel lonely. Nah, completely surrounded by people. I'm never alone. Um, and nah, nah, just got people in my life who I know that I can talk to and are going to be there for me. If that's the case, great, great. If you have people in your life who you know are there for you when you need them and you are there for when they need you, you're winning at life. Really, really, you're winning at life. Well done. You could probably skip through now or, or you know, go and make yourself a cup of tea. Um, but if you have then said that you're never alone, so you can't possibly ever feel lonely, I want you to keep listening as well. Because the second question is going to give you something to think about. Do you feel that you need more connection in your life? And by connection, I mean face-to-face, or at least video or voice, so not social media, not email, but that real almost, almost, for people who live around the world, separated from family and friends, video, the ability to see each other is fantastic and the ability to hear each other is is good too. But what wins is the ability to sit with someone face to face and be lost in a conversation, to feel seen, to feel heard, for you to feel 100% engaged in that conversation and possibly, as a sign of our modern times, the best indicator of that happening is, did you check your phone at all through that conversation? Did you feel the need to sit back and disengage and, and check messages? For me, that's a pretty good indicator if, like, just 
time goes and I'm feeling really seen and heard and I'm so into the conversation and so into what the person is telling me that I just completely lose track of time and do not check my phone. Do you feel that you need more of that kind of connection in your life? I'm going to say a lot more of you have said yes, that you do need more connection in your life than have said yes, you have felt lonely or that you um, have experienced loneliness in, in the past or currently feel lonely. And to me, it seems as though we are prepared to engage with the solution to the treatment rather than the problem. So we want to skip over the problem of loneliness and go straight to the solution. I'm going to say, wait, there's beauty, beauty in sitting with your loneliness for a while, not forever, for a while. And the beauty is that you can learn so much about yourself. Because as I say, in my work, and particularly in a blog post um, that I published on loneliness back in January 2019, I talk about the importance of three types of connection. And that's connection to self, connection to others, and connection to where we are in the world. When I talk about connection, most of us probably leap straight to connecting with others and connecting with where we are. I'm going I'm saying right now very clearly wait. How connected do you feel to you? And by you I mean the real you. All of you, the parts that cause you shame, the parts that you're embarrassed about, the parts that you never want anybody in the world to find out about. Are you just as comfortable with that part of you as you are with the person with university degree or university degrees who has a great job, who gets to work and, and, and live in some fantastic places around the world that enjoy lovely holidays um, and experience the world. Are you just as comfortable with that part, with the dark side of you as you are with the agreeably public version of you? That's what I mean about connection to self because... That connection to self is so important and we chip away. Many of us, if you're like me, will have chipped away at ourselves and over time we increase the disconnection within ourselves. What do I mean by that? Using me as an example, I realised through getting a coach and a big shout out to Mike Campbell, my friend, coach and mentor, and his fantastic school of personal mastery that gave me, me back and gave me the confidence to be me in the world. 
that process that I went through was reconnecting with me. And I understand that that sounds like some kind of, you know, hippie nonsense, perhaps. Bear with me. I realized that I had become so disconnected with myself that I no longer recognized who I was. And by that, I made over time many, you know, little decisions in life, at work, where I made decisions based on what I thought others wanted me to do. Not on what I thought I wanted to do, but what I thought others expected of me. What I thought would give me the next promotion, would give me that posting, what I thought would give me the opportunity to showcase to the world how awesome I was. And I would do anything, not anything, but I would, I would sacrifice myself willingly uh, at the altar of success in inverted commas. And I had done that so many times that as part of my midlife reevaluation, I suddenly went, who am I? Who am I? And that was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And it was the source of my loneliness. I was connecting with others. I was connecting with the world around me without the third without the first pillar of connection which is connection to self so it was unstable it was uh, it was unsustainable and unstable how i was connecting with the world i wasn't connecting with the world and with others as me don't get me wrong this realization was terrifying and don't get me wrong, connecting to myself is not something I say in the past tense. I am still in the process of connecting with myself. I'm still finding out about who I am, what makes me tick. The difference now is that rather than being scared of myself and what other people thought of me, I'm now endlessly curious about myself. And there are situations that arise in my life, major situations through to minor situations when my kids might frustrate me and I go to respond in a certain way. I will respond and then after a little while I'll go, huh, that's actually really interesting. Where did that come from? And then I'll go through a process of working out how that could have perhaps turned up in my life and where else is that turning up in my life and then challenging myself to be aware of how that might be might arise in the future and then fail better the next time not get it right but fail better the next time that's this constant process of of being okay with me being human that is what I talk about with connection to self, okay? Please, if you feel that you need more connection in your life, please think of connection as having those three pillars, the connection to self, the connection to others, and the connection to where you are in the world. 
don't rush the connection to self. Also, the connection to self is perhaps the hardest pillar to master, if you can master a pillar. You are going to need help. Connecting to yourself is not something that you can do by yourself. And as someone who has been a diplomat and who has lived the diplomatic life, I am here to help you through my coaching services to help you reconnect to you. The hardest decision, but one of the best decisions I've ever made was saying yes. In retrospect, I can say the best decision I've ever made, but at the time, the hardest decision, one of the hardest decisions that I've ever made was to say yes to the opportunity to go through a coaching program. Let me tell you, it's hard, but getting you, you, is so, so, so amazing. I wish I could have a better word there, but it is. It, it truly is just amazing. I want to move on to a, a, a bit more of a discussion now about loneliness and how we relate to loneliness if we say that we are lonely. And I'm going to stop saying we and start using I and me because it's been my experience as the lonely diplomat and as Phil where I have outed myself as being lonely and the responses have been really curious. Some people have been very, and I, I, I'm checking my word there on people, some responses have been lovely, absolutely lovely, where people, again people, <laughs> where the response has been just so supportive and people saying me too, there's people again, wow, saying me too, I have been lonely as well. Um, and those are kind of conversations where, you know, that, that do start those, those spark of connection discussions, which are simply awesome. But then there's other responses. And they range from responses like, you deserve it. There you are, you diplomat, living high on the hog of the government purse and, you know, flying around the world and, you know, um, being, doing this amazing job and, yeah, you deserve it. Or, this life was your choice. You should have expected to feel lonely. And I'm going to say that this is this is really a curious response that you should have expected it. And I'm going to invite you to, to think back, listener, to if you are a diplomat and when you decided to apply for, um, for the job uh, in your employing agency that got you overseas. And in that... Um, in that brochure, and I could be showing my age here, but you know, in the time when I applied uh, to um, join my employing agency, it was a brochure. Now it's probably a, a website and, and very glossy website at that. But tell me, tell me, 
do you, do you remember, indeed, was there ever a discussion about, you know, come and join our agency and live and work overseas and serve your country's interests and do amazing things and have a, a wonderful professional career and a wonderful private life and, and do amazing things with your skills and all the wonderful things that come with living the diplomatic life and being a diplomat. Where was the discussion about, yes, and you will do this removed from your support structure. You will do this, um, you know, you will be always on. You will be constantly tested at times. You will be expected to do the um, like a, a huge amounts of work in very short periods of time and, you know, without complaint. Um, where was that? Where was that acknowledgement that there is another side of this diplomatic coin? I can't remember it. And honestly, I probably would have gone, no, it wouldn't have happened. It won't happen to me. It would have happened to other people. Um, that, you know, only the good things says, you know, Phil in the early 20s um, or in his early 20s. Only the good things will happen to me. The bad things won't happen to me. So, you know, no. How can anybody expect, reasonably expect, until they've started living this life and know exactly what it means or what it can mean? Anyway, that one flummoxes me, that response. And the other one is just shut up, be grateful, um, and make no mistake, all through my career, I have been grateful for the opportunities and I am grateful for the professional and personal opportunities that this diplomatic life and being a diplomat has afforded me and my family. Nothing but gratitude. It is an honour and a privilege to do something that I've wanted to do and work towards ever since I was 14 years old. But it's life. It's life still and it's allowed to suck sometimes. Life keeps on happening. And as my friend Georgie Ryan said in episode two of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, same shit, different country. The other response that I tend to get is comparative loneliness or comparative slash competitive loneliness. And people wanting to, again, I've noted the word people there, but responses that I've that I get are around, I don't have the right to feel lonely because, I don't know, I don't know why I don't have the right to feel lonely. Um, and that their loneliness experience is different to my loneliness experience, therefore mine is wrong or mine is invalid or less worthy of their loneliness experience. It doesn't correlate with their view of how my life should be. Just let that sink in. It doesn't correlate with how their view of my life should be. So people want to, again, I've noted, people (laughs) 
those responses seek to deny my experience. They seek to deny, if you get these responses, deny your experience. I'm going to say something very clearly here. I'm going to say it in two ways. One is the very diplomatic response to those. And that is that that's very unhelpful. That response was, you know, after 20 years um, uh, experience. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, is, is, is that soft understatement and, you know, wanting to move the discussion into a into from the unhelpful zone into a helpful zone about loneliness. The non-diplomatic response, and mum, I advise you to cover your ears, and if you are listening with children in the car, um, just turn it down now for the next five to 10 seconds. But the non-diplomatic response that I wanna give to people who seek to deny my experience and seek to deny the other people's experience of life, fuck off. It is not acceptable to impose your view on how you feel others need to live and experience their life based on your experience or your inexperience. And if that is the case, I kindly invite you to keep going, to move on, and I wish you all the very best. I want to say this very clearly. And welcome back if you've turned, the, um, turned me back up. I will not be shamed for my experience. I am determined to make something positive and helpful from my lived experience. You, listener, do not need to feel shamed for, living, for having lived your experience and how it affects you and any people with you. Loneliness or how we live life is not a competition. Loneliness or any other condition, good, bad, positive, negative, in this life is not a competition. It just is. Denying others their lived experience and shaming others for expressing their lived experience is not helpful. And you can do what I said before, because I haven't given you a language warning just now. <laughs> before I move on from a discussion about loneliness, my loneliness and the responses I have received, I just want to say that if you are feeling lonely, there is no shame in that. It just is. The the response, the perceptions that we put, the value that we put on loneliness um, as an emotion can prevent us from actually learning from that emotion, from learning what that emotion is trying to tell us about ourselves. You do have to think and reflect on why you may be feeling lonely. 
Is it connection, a disconnection with yourself? Is it disconnection from people around you? Or is it disconnection from where you are in the world? Connection is the antidote to loneliness. And my friend Vaughn Carter wrote a fantastic blog post, um, which I published on my website in early October, about loneliness and the absence of meaningful connection, absence of real connection. Connection is hard because one of the first things that we want to do when we connect is reach for our phone. We want to scroll through social media, but as you know, as frequent listeners to my podcast, and as you know from being readers of my blog, reaching for social media when feeling lonely or socially isolated is akin to drinking salt water when thirsty. It feels like it's doing something, but it actually is doing you more harm. Connection is also hard because everybody is busy, including you. We're all so busy and it's so hard to connect with people organically. It seems as though it it requires um, almost a note verbal, (laughs) a third person note in diplomatic terms, um, where we assure each each other of our highest considerations. and then, you know, in a, in a sort of very formal way, whether it's email or text or whatever it is, like organize a catch up sometimes in like three, four, five weekends time because we're so busy um, that, you know, the only space that we have for like an hour where we're juggling between juggling all our other commitments is, is you know, sometimes weeks or months into the future. It's really hard to connect. And so we can feel like we're imposing. If we suddenly just pick up the phone and go, you know, I actually really need to talk to you because I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling something and I just really want to talk about it. We, we, we are all so busy that we don't want to inconvenience other people. And that's an impediment to connection. I loved Vaughan's post because he hit the nail right on the head about connection. We all want to connect. We all love connecting. And whether, you know, that's through, you know, having having a coffee or going out for dinner or, or, or whatever it is, like a real conversation, we love doing it. Here's the rub about connection. Real connection requires us to be vulnerable, requires us to be seen. You can't fake real connection. And if we can't get that real connection in our lives, we make it up. We reach for social media and we engage with our world, we engage with our friends through social media. And that's useful, kind of, not really, to a point. Or we make stuff up. We make up drama. We gossip. And because gossip feels like drama and gossip feels like connection. 
you and I can connect if we feel like we're connecting, if we're complaining about someone and, and gossiping about what they did. That feels like connection. It's not. It really isn't connection at all. The gossip def- and, and people who do gossip are deflecting away from themselves in the hope that they're not seen. But the thing about gossip is that if someone is gossiping to you about someone else, generally they're gossiping about you to someone else as well. Gossip is corrosive. It's cancerous. And I'm going to ask a question because in the absence of real connection, in the absence of wanting to be vulnerable and being seen to have that real connection, how many of you listeners feel that you work in a very gossipy, drama-prone workplace? going to say quite a few because for diplomats and those living the diplomatic life me saying that you need to be vulnerable you need to be seen that you can't fake connection has probably put you into convulsive sweats it is really scary to connect with others in that way but you must Connection requires honesty with self, honesty with others. Real connection requires us to remove our masks. And to remove our masks, we need to identify our masks and work to take them off as we notice them. For me, this process of identifying my masks and taking them off is a continual work in progress. I've not perfected it. I've not finished it either. But I know a way and it's working. It's working. I'm so grateful that I can now connect with people as me. And yes, it's scary It is so scary because I still want to be loved. I still want to be accepted by people in my life. And by turning up as me, warts and all, the parts of me that I've hidden for so long, means that any rejection of me is a rejection of Me, not of my masks, not of the persona that I have assumed and engaged with the world via that persona. It's hard. It's really hard. Do not get me wrong. But I know a way that works. I know a way that has worked for me, that continues to work for me. So if in listening to all of this episode about loneliness and connection and this has resonated with you, I want to speak directly to you, listener. If you're at the stage where you've read the blog, you may have even read my book already, you've listened to the podcasts and you follow people, including me, on social media, 
and tried to implement change in your life only to revert to old habits and old ways after a few days, a few weeks, a few months, and you don't know how to take the next step, please contact me. Contact me and let's talk about how we can work together to get you back, to give you back to you. So you can connect to yourself, connect to those around you, and connect to the world around you. If this is something that you would like to do, I do offer free 15-minute strategy calls, um, and you can, which are no obligation and totally free. If this is something that interests you, send me an email at admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. If you've got a question for me, or you have feedback on this episode or other episodes of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, please send me an email, admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. If you like my work, please give it a rating on the service through which you're now listening. Also, so you don't miss an episode, please subscribe to the podcast through the service uh, on the service through which you're now listening to this this episode. If you do like my content, please tell a friend. If you think that I can improve it, please tell me. Also, if you've got value from this episode, please consider showing me some love and going to thelonelydiplomat.com forward slash support and know that I am very grateful for every contribution that I received. It does sound like you're getting ready to go. So until next time, be awesomely and humanly you, because the world needs more you. All views expressed in this episode are my own, and all sounds are freeware in the public domain. Thanks for listening.